Okay, so it's the 21st of May, day 712 of lockdown. And I'm gonna start tonight, uh, can I start coming out of the gate strong, right? And this audio log, which is an unedited, uncensored, unfiltered look into my brain. And what's currently in my brain is, for the second day running, corned beef hash. That's right. I'm going to talk some more about corned beef hash. Uh, although actually, I'm, going, I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm going to after I, as soon as I finish this, I'm going to go through and uh, microwave myself one. That's what I'm going to do. But that's not why I'm talking about it. Because what I'm talking about it is, I went to the supermarket today. Uh, I mentioned yesterday about uh, anxiety I have shopping for food. Uh, which has been heightened because anxiety. Everyone has anxiety shopping nowadays. I'm not. I'm not special in that department anymore. Um, but what, I, let's discuss what happened this morning. Uh, like I say, I go out to the supermarket about seven a.m. Um, because eight a.m. to nine a.m. is the uh, block they have for uh, the elderly or uh, people who need extra time, etc. You know. You know, you, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, so I like to go in before it's uh, busy. When uh, put two corned beef hash in my uh, two Macintoshes corned beef hash, corned beef hash into my uh, basket. Get to the checkout, only to discover both of these corned beef hash. Packets, like, because they're they come in like those plastic sort of microwavable trays, are, are are cracked on the side. Just cracked on the side. So for the first time since this lockdown began, I had to interact with a stranger and explain to someone what was happening, which was that weird thing because usually I and this was the case, still the case here. I have um, noise cancelling headphones on. And I didn't pause the podcast I was listening to. Um, didn't, which was which was uh, Kristen Russell talking about the Fast and Furious films, which I have to the disgust of my flatmate and several other people not seen any of. I don't. Sorry, I've seen one of, and it was Tokyo Drift. Uh, <laughs> it's the only Fast and Furious film I have seen. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, it's a long. It's going to be a long lockdown. I've got time. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Uh, Listen to the podcast talking about that. But I, I had to drive to someone. I had to explain what had happened. I was like, oh, I actually can't pay for these. Because it was after I'd put them through the, the scanner. Uh, luckily, I just had to sort of show him. I didn't even say anything. He immediately took them both. Went and came back with replacements, uh, but it was it, it was shocking because that is like I say it's the first time since lockdown started I've had to interact with a stranger and I social interaction for me is um hmm, a lot of people think uh you know because I perform live on stage and uh you know make stuff up there or stuff that I'm quite in uh.
So just some loud banging from my from the hallway. Don't know what's going on. I think my flatmate is moving a ladder. Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, hard to say. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, social interaction. People think I'm an extrovert. Because like I said, if I had therapists in the past, I've mentioned that before. Uh, but I'm not. I'm massively an introvert. Like, almost painfully. Uh, path and literally, pathologically, have social anxiety. So, uh, I struggle enough talking to my friends and loved ones. Never mind talking to strangers. Especially not currently. So I had to... I was worried I'd have to have this conversation like at two metres distance shouting at him. Luckily he figured out what was wrong. But it really threw me a little. Um, and it reminded me that that's gonna be, that was going to be an adjustment period, right? Where, we, where things go back to being a bit more, at least a bit more like what they were before. If not exactly what they were before. They'll be like talking to people and stuff. And I, and I don't think I'm going to suddenly be better at it or enjoy it more. So anyway, I came back uh, with my newly found uncracked corned beef hash and uh, uh, we but we had someone come around t today to look at the boiler. Uh, just a, a routine gas check. Routine gas check, the boiler, the oven, the meter, you know. Uh, and that was super weird because she turns up at the, she turns up at the door quite rightly, wearing uh, a mask, uh, wearing gloves, and obviously she's in the living room looking away, looking around and stuff. And I, I can't be in the living room. It's impossible to stay exactly two meters away. From, it's impossible to stay two meters away from someone who you don't share a household with if they are in the same room as you, same living room. Like how how would that work? <laughs> Um, but again, I still had to interact with her, and that was weird. And yeah, that's why the ladder would have been in the wrong place, because she would have uh, she was using it to, to check the meter. Hence why it was being moved earlier on in this recording. I presume. I'll find it afterwards. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to leave that large section of me reacting to external noise. I'm just going to leave that in. You probably can't even hear the external noise. I'm just sort of hyper uh, aware of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the social. Uh, luckily, uh, I've had. It's not. It's not all been confusing social interaction stuff. Uh, I've been getting on with some some exciting stuff, by which I mean I finally watched that episode of Buffy. I've been putting off. Uh, I will not talk about that right now. I'm still processing how I feel uh, emotionally. What? Uh, but also, I finally got around to, as I said, I was going to do before uh, restarting uh, watching Past of Interest. I watched the first three episodes, only the first three, and it's interesting because I remembered that it took a minute to get going. And these first three episodes aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but no, it's so strange watching it knowing how much better it gets. Uh, that's a common thing that I think uh, happens in television, 
Like in a film, it's not likely that you're like, oh, the first scene is terrible, but by the end of the film, it's really good. That's not a thing that usually happens. But because uh, TV is able to sort of react to, like once it go, once an episode gets out there, or two couple of episodes get out there, uh, you can see how the audience are reacting, you can see how it looks up on a screen, whether it fits what your vision was, you can see what works and what doesn't work, and you can adjust accordingly, like as it goes along. And I think American TV especially does this, uh, because they've got longer seasons and the way the sort of network uh, television system works and you're only ever like four weeks ahead at maximum uh, so like there's a lot of shows that start out not as good like a friend of mine has just started watching for the first time she's just started watching uh, Parks and Recreation Parks and Recreation is maybe my favourite sitcom of the past decade uh, it is incredible it is so funny, it is so sweet, it is so heartwarming, it is so touching, and its first season of six episodes is legitimately terrible. <laughs> I have tried to rewatch that, and I can't do it. And it makes it hard because so many times I've I'd recommended a show to someone, and uh, I've had to say, oh, but this bit isn't good. Like, uh, Bojack Horseman is the same thing, first six episodes of that aren't that great. Uh, it's got it's not you know like there's good bits in them. Uh, again, I've been re in a rewatching uh, Angel and Buffy, uh, both of which have troubled first opening seasons, and now so rewatching Past of Interest and my friend watching Parks and Recreation. Uh, Parks and Recreation is a show that's very confused in its first season because it becomes a show about. Uh, a, a government worker who loves her job, who loves the, what, the positivity the government can bring, uh, is a, a truly loyal friend, uh, is aggressively and kind of annoyingly optimistic, uh, and it's great. Whereas in the first six episodes, she's basically a female Michael Scott from the US office. And it doesn't work. It's like they tried to put the character, put, they tried to put the actor, Amy Poehler, obviously incredible, into a character that didn't fit. And it's only when they they kept going a bit, they're like, oh wait, I see what's happened. And so many of those characters are sort of there in the first season. Uh, Ron Swanson, uh, who plays uh, Leslie, nope, that's Amy Poehler's character, uh, has, he is her boss. Uh, he's played by Nick Offerman, he is incredible. Uh, he is, oh, he's incredible from the beginning of season one and remains incredible until the end of season seven. Uh, <laughs> our characters are sort of there, uh, except for Chris Pratt's character Andy, who is literally a different character. Uh, the... <laughs> They change him completely, and also there's a guy called Mark there, and this is a spoiler to anyone who's not watched it. He disappears at the end of season two, and nobody misses him. He is replaced, and this is another thing that happens a lot: characters like getting shuffled off, and then a new character turning up and uh, helping things. It's great. Uh, he's replaced by uh, 
Adam Scott's character Ben Wyatt and Rob Lowe's character Chris Traeger and they are both fantastic. It's like um Person of Interest uh, is basically just it's four main characters uh, in the first season and then it grows. Uh, they add uh, Sarah Shai and Amy Acker and like season two and three like and they sort of become main characters both of them by about how we've seen by definitely by season three. Uh, Angel uh, starts with just basically like Angel and Cordelia and then uh, and a, a new character is a demon and he leaves sadly so, sometimes it's not for uh, oh they don't quite fit in reasons that's quite a sad reason that's because he was addicted to drugs but anyway and then they bring back Wesley and then again Amy Acker joins that as well uh, because uh, basically as far as I'm concerned if you want to fix your TV show just put Amy Acker in it uh, it'll work. Uh, she turns up in season 5 of Alias and it's it, it significantly better than season 4. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, quite, it's quite obvious when you get rid of something like uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, the first season of that. There's a character called uh, Lieutenant Tasha Yar uh, who's there to be sort of like the sort of security officer and fighter but then they're like well we've got a Klingon who people like he he can do that uh, they also try to replace Dr. Crusher on that and uh, is that, making TV to me appears like just seems like such an inexact science uh, and it's interesting because that's an improviser what I do is if something doesn't work when I start a scene like if I start a scene doing a certain character or playing a certain game or following a certain idea and the audience doesn't go for it I can just go oh the audience isn't going for this I can switch immediately and stop doing that and TV you can't really do that because of like the lead in times because of how script writing works because well for obvious reasons you have to present a finished product and like I say there is like a lead in time so you don't get to see you don't get to react immediately so sometimes you're behind the sort of behind the audience, they've already went, oh, we know what we like about this. And they're just like, and if a show is good, it will it will figure itself out, it will write itself, and it will hopefully provide something that an audience likes. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it fails to provide that, then who knows? Although, there's, I was reading about a, a sitcom from the 80s, which I'd never heard of and now can't remember the name of, that starred Marky Post and um, John Ritter. It ran for like five, for three seasons. And this is a, a very peculiarly American thing. For the first season, it's about um, a junior senator, uh, I think, or some or, or some sort of low-level like politician. It's like a political, um, satirical show. And then the second season has a completely different, uh, like setting. Like it's now instead of being set on Capitol Hill in Washington. It's now set in like rural, in, I was going to say rural Indiana, but that's me going back to Parks and Recreation. It's like set in like rural Missouri or something. And now that seems insane to me. Uh, that's like, oh, we want these characters, we like these actors, and we don't buy these characters, but just, let's just change everything else. I don't know, basically, I think what I'm saying is if you, 
I'm in a privileged position, I guess, in that I, I have a lot of space in my life to watch television, um, because of my work and because of uh, mental health, etc, etc. I've watched a lot of television, and I know there are people who are, are very, very busy and don't have time to go for me to be like, oh, you should watch this. The first two seasons of it are terrible, but it gets really good. <laughs> but I guess now that we're in this sort of messed up lockdown situation together, why not give one of these shows that you've heard things about but never quite got into like a, a, a bit more of a try? I don't know. It's very interesting to me. About like that whole idea that um, if you invest into this relationship you'll get more out of it. Seems like a very sort of strange way to approach TV, but I think that's probably where I'm coming from. That's why I get so emotionally invested. Because um, I'm like, hey, I remember when this was terrible. I stuck with this, and it was great. I deserve some sort of, like, yeah, I, I, I try not to be that kind of fan. They exist. Especially in the modern world. But yeah, there's so many shows that had like a famously bad first season uh, the first season of Seinfeld is five episodes that you don't recognise Elaine's not even in the first one very weird, J Jerry has a dog they get rid of that dog uh, <laughs> you're like British sitcoms tend not to do that as much because they tend to write a full six or seven episodes and then have them in the can before it even goes out but you first started saying that like the second season like lurches in slightly different directions. I don't know. I just think that idea of editing and revision obviously something that doesn't apply to these audio logs. Uh I don't do them I don't edit or revise them at all. But like life can be a bit like that, right? Like something isn't working. You don't just keep doing it. You change it, like if there's a person in your life who you did used to get on with really well and you were really close with, and then you're not for whatever reason, like you're drifting apart or whatever, you're allowed to, you're allowed to recast them, I guess. <laughs> not that I'm saying my life is a TV show, but you, you know, this, oh, this, this person worked for a little bit, but the storyline has moved on and doesn't involve them anymore, or the setting. Sometimes you need to change your setting. Sometimes maybe you've been your your season of television has been a bit too dark, right? And you could you could do with leading into the comedy a bit more. But then again, I guess life isn't a TV show, so maybe we don't have as much control over it as that. Sorry, I didn't expect to get philosophical. I thought I was going to be talking about uh, TV. I thought I'd just go on about TV shows that I love. But yeah, it's an interesting thought. Anyway, uh, stay safe, uh, stay well, stay at home. Uh, and if you do find yourself with some corned beef hash and a cracked tree.
you, you don't need to just go along with that. You can edit that out of your life and recast it with a corned beef hash and a complete and intact tray. And my name is Marjoy. Thank you very much. Goodbye.